Thanks, Lucas. When I'm not horrified by that show called Euphoria on HBO, I'm Lucas Whitney. Draw a pair. Uh, preferably, oh preferably Sydney Sweeney's pair. So I have something to look at when we're recording the podcast. <laughs> I, I walk, Cassie got off work early because of the snow. And I walk in and like, I just see like this dude pulling his pants down to like show his dick to some girl online. I'm like, she's, I'm like, I should just go back out and shovel snow. <laughs> It's like directed by uh, South Park, George R. R. Martin. Man, <laughs> listens in the light. Weeder, uh, weeder, weeder, every weeder. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. Um, a big day, big national signing day for not just Michigan State reasons, but other reasons that literally broke the, about maybe five minutes before we recorded. Um, but Carter, I'm going to let you steer the wheel on this one since this is your bread and butter. And honestly, I haven't really kept up with it. So go for it. Yeah. Our signing day today wasn't super eventful because all of our guys signed on, on early national signing day. Uh, we had a couple of guys come in like Jeremy Bernard and then a couple of the transfers like, uh, Chris Bogle, Jacoby Winbin, Jalen Berger, all those guys kind of got featured today, Amir Speed too. Um, but we had a couple commitments today for the 2023 class that has pushed them into the top 10 for 2023. I believe that the only four man group of guys who are better than ours, because we have four right now, currently the only two teams that are better are, I believe, USC and Ohio State. It could be Texas a and I'm not entirely sure, actually. But today we landed a commitment earlier this morning from uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Slack Jr. He is uh, an offensive lineman from Detroit, I believe is right. He goes to uh, Martin Luther King High School. He's 6'4", 280. Uh, so I think when he gets here, he's going to need to bulk up a little bit just because, you know, 280 is kind of slimmed for a offensive lineman. But uh, when you look at his film, everything Tucker wants in a lineman, relentless, nasty plays after the whistle. Uh, he really knows his blocking assignments, it seems. He's listed as a center, like Justin Bind, our boy, he kind of mentioned that he's like a center, but I, his huddle tape has him as like a left and a right tackle. Uh, so when you see him on tape, he's, he knows his blocking assignments. He uh, plays through the whistle. He, he, he's good with his hands. He's really strong. Uh, and when he has to say plays through his whistle, he really does. He loves putting people in the ground. So that was exciting to land him. Uh, it's good to get, you know, top flight offensive linemen. And the other commitment was from top 150 kid uh, defensive lineman, Andrew DePape, uh, the guy from, I believe it's DePape, but we can get our Italian jokes out now. DePape. <laughs> it's the baby. Alexa go. <laughs> so he's from Iowa. I believe he's around 6'5 or 6'6 six, six already. Uh, he's... He's 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 very good. I mean, I watched his tape before Justin or Brett Justin and I did Twitter Spaces a couple or last week. I watched him. He is very fast. He's very strong. He's quick with his hands. Uh, I saw one play where he was on one side of the ball uh, and they ran to the other side, but he closed so fast to make that tackle for a minimal gain. It was ridiculous. Uh, I think you know he's he's one of those guys. They compared him to Max Crosby, and conveniently enough, Brandon Jordan, who's now our pass rush specialist, trained Max Crosby as well. So this is a big time land. I think this is the highest rated out of state player that Michigan State has landed in 
seven years and it's the highest recruit of the Mel Tucker era. I think he's sitting at 150 or very close to 150. So he's a pretty highly rated kid. And I mean, he's going to be a force, especially getting teamed up with Brandon Jordan. Jordan was the one who really recruited him too. So this is, this is, you know, this is recruiting at the level that we haven't seen at Michigan state before. And it's just going to continue to get better. I think more, they just offer four or five star guys. It's just going to keep improving. And this is a really good step in the right direction. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Carter. Uh, I was, um, I was also, um, you know, kind of looking, looking when I was supposed to be working today because I'm working remote. So what the fuck are they going to tell me? Working. Yeah. Uh, can't tell me nothing. Shout out Kanye West. Donda to you, hopefully dropping. Uh, <laughs> no, and uh, I believe in that I, there was a space earlier this week with uh, Justin Corey, um, our good friend uh, Odell Bretham. And, uh, and brother, our family, where, yeah, our brother, our family, where uh, I believe Corey kind of kind of was was tracking him as an interior lineman, not quite a center, but uh, someone you know, like, yeah. big and nasty in the in the trenches. And you know, as someone who um, who was a lineman for who was a starting lineman for JV football, not, not to brag, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. I'm just stating facts here. Uh, no, I, I like what I saw out of Slack. You know, I'm a little worried about his political leanings. Um, you know, we'll have to see where those come uh, later. Maybe we can get him into James Madison and maybe that will kind of shift him in the right direction. <laughs> but but otherwise, yeah, we could get a, you know, we could get him an econ major. He could learn that bullshit science and, you know, he'll start talking about the free market or whatever. But no, I, you know, it was a real low key signing day. Um, a lot, you know, I think, I think a lot of the, the meat of the classes are kind of formed during the early signing period in December, just because of, you know, the early enrollees and how much of an advantage that provides to, to universities when these kids enroll early and are able to participate in spring ball um, and kind of get, and kind of get their feet kind of get their feet under them and kind of start to kind of start to cook a little earlier than, than they would if they'd come in, you know, May or June when, when they come for the start of fall camp. So uh, this signing day doesn't mean as much as it usually did. Uh, but, you know, from a national perspective, there was quite a lot going on today. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just to touch on, just to touch on uh, the Pepe, uh, before we uh, before we move on to kind of the bigger national picture, uh, you know, he's a guy who um, he's going to need a. I think he's going to need um, a little more time. I think he is a uh, he's a Madi Sissoko type where he's going to need a little he's going to need a little more time to cook than I think people are anticipating. Maybe I think I think he's going to be a. He's going to be a valuable red shirt. And I think the later he gets in his career, uh, he's going to be, he's going to be an animal. He's going to be a threat. So I, you know, this is the kind of, this is the kind of dividends that pay when you get, when you get a guy like Brandon Jordan and you get, uh, and you know, and you have Mel Tucker and you have the, and you have the NIL stuff. And one thing I wanted to touch on too was the NIL marketplace, MSU athletics setup. Uh, they basically were like, 
it's called student, it's called exchange basically, where it's like, uh, if you're an MSU student, it's like handshake <laughs> where, where like, if you go there, you can look up internships and, you know, you can easy apply. It's uh it's indeed.com, but for NIL deals, uh, basically is the, is the luggage short, uh, boo, did I scare you? I'm an NIL deal. <laughs> NIL deal instead of job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, and, and the biggest thing is it's department wide, right? So uh, we kind of see this with, with Alabama where they have so much fucking money from football revenue. They're like, fuck it. Let's just be the best at everything. So, you know, they've really invested into track and field and, uh, and into swimming and diving, uh, you know, bullshit sport, but whatever. That's how, yeah, whatever. Uh, Red Cedar is free. Uh, but it should be fenced. The Red Cedar should be fenced. Uh, uh, you know, basketball even with, with, what, with what Nate Oates is doing. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a boon for, for the entire department. And it's going to be exciting to kind of see this play out as, as you know, other programs kind of fall behind in the NIL, in the NIL, uh, in the NIL race, uh, you know, us in Ohio State are going to be right on the cutting edge. Um, so from the national perspective, Carter, I want to get your opinion on the Campbell, on the Campbell uh, Camels, um, an online school with a mascot named after a cigarette company. Uh, flipped a four-star from Arkansas and have a higher ranked class than Arizona State, Washington, and uh, someone else, I believe. I need to look that up on RCFB tweeted out, but I know it was Arizona State and Washington. Uh, What the fuck, dude? I couldn't tell you. They, yeah, they have a number 200 ranked class for 2020. Well, that's 2021. Let me look at 2022. They have a, the 85th ranked class, number one in the Pioneer League. Okay. Yeah, Eric, they added Eric, well, Edric Weldon is their highest ranked recruit. Oh, they do have, yeah, they added Miles Rouser from, from Arkansas. I know he was a Michigan State target at one point, uh, but there were some things outside of football reasons that he wasn't. Uh, strongly recruited Michigan State. Arkansas took that chance on him, but now he, then he committed to Campbell. I, I have no idea what's going on with that. Um, but also, Rouser's a Belleville guy. We kind of have a bad history with Belleville because, you know, Julian Barnett and Devontae Dobbs were, were uh, Belleville kids, and they moved on pretty quick from MSU. So Yeah, Belleville's head football coach is an asshole, so, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, he, basically, he basically shut off the state of Michigan uh, he basically shut out both Michigan and Michigan State to to their programs. They won't even let they won't even let people in the door at Belleville High. Um, Weird. Yeah. So uh, whatever. Uh, the craziest thing about Campbell is uh, the soup cigarettes. As I'm going to start calling them, <laughs> the soup cigs. Uh, they didn't even have a scholarship football program in 2017. They just started offering scholarships four years ago and uh, out-recruited Washington and Arizona State <laughs> for the 2022 class. That's Things fucking not, wild, man. 
things are not good in Washington, clearly. Like, I know they just got a new head coach, but I mean, if you're losing recruits, you've lost Jeremy Bernard, you lost the, they lost the guy that you mentioned. Probably not going too well. Yeah, not great. Not great, Bob. Uh, you know, at least we'll be able to kind of uh, get out there and sailgate on the cheap, it sounds like, there next, uh, this September. Uh, so that'll be good. I'll see everyone out there. Uh, hi, Jack. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, so uh, school down the road, uh, Harbaugh got rejected, so he's going back to his fat, ugly ex. He's going back to his fat ex. Um, you know, I tweeted this out, but uh, it reminds me of that time in middle school where I told uh, the girl I was dating that I wanted to play the field, but didn't want to break up with her. And then uh, three days later, we got back together, quote unquote, because uh, no one else wanted to date me. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what happened. <laughs> it's and then I, I can leave it at that. I love the part in the tweets that uh, Jim called Ward Manuel and was like, dude, this isn't going to happen again. I, I totally, I pinky swear you, man. Like I'll do the, I'll do a, uh, you know, you spit in each other, you spit in your hand and handshake. Like you'll do that. That's the funniest part about it is because you know, this shit's going to happen again if they win like 10 or 11 games next year. Well, I, I truly think, I truly think uh, the NFL is kind of having a youth movement right now. So, uh, you know, all the coaches that are hired are in their late thirties, early forties. I mean, look at Dan Campbell, right? Dan Campbell's like 43. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brian Dabble. <laughs> oh God. <That's, laughs> we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that when we talk about the playoffs. Uh, we'll, <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, Brian Dabble, uh, you know, all these coaches, they're, you know, they're kind of, everyone's trying to get the next Sean McVay, right, the next Wonderkind. And all of the experienced coaches are kind of, uh, are kind of stagnating, you know, in coordinator spots or, um, you know, they have to go back to college. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it was it's just unfortunate timing. It would have sucked because, you know, Harbaugh always Harbaugh just knows how to, how to get Michigan state quarterbacks to throw for a ton of yards. So I think him and Kirk could have been pretty dangerous. It, it reminds me like, you know, he, you know, like, like you said, you know, you, you told your, your ex to, you want to play the field simply together. He's like, they kind of had a fight and he comes home. Look, baby, I've changed. <laughs> I'm yeah. a different man than I was when I left for Minnesota. He got, he, sorry, he got a sit, he got a sand, he got a sad hand job in the VIP <laughs> the strip club. God. It was like it had the post net clarity of, oh God, what am I doing? <laughs> it was like that episode. It was the episode of The Simpsons where Marge made Homer live out in the treehouse. Oh yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> the mean like, girl, like, we're codependent. <laughs> We're just like it's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, my thoughts on Harbaugh staying are cool. Like, I'm not afraid of him. You know, Tuck Tuck coming, and and Tuck is going to keep coming. Um, and you know, it just gives us an opportunity for him to go three and zero against Harbaugh. I mean, it's going to be tough, but I, I 
Yeah, I mean, I was really hoping he'd leave today because then we could we could have brought back all the stuff about how people thought Tucker was a you know lock to go to LSU and then uh, all the people that gave D'Antonio shit for leaving right after National Signing Day. You know, that, that would have been nice to bring back. But, I mean, he's doing what he thinks is – well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think he wanted – it's obvious he wanted to coach in the NFL again. And I guarantee this shit's going to happen next year. Or the Michigan will just say – or it could go so sour where he's interviewing for jobs or he wants to interview and Michigan's just like, you know what, we're going to let you go. That That might be this kind of like – We'll restructure your contract, but and you're going to have a fat fucking buyout. Like, you're going to have to pay a lot of money to go to the NFL. Or they might just say, you know what, we'll keep this going and we'll have a cheap buyout. But if you keep flirting with the NFL, we're, we might, well, behind closed doors, they'll say to each other, we're probably going to fire him. Because I could see that happening. But uh, whatever. Ambivalent. I think him saying this is a recurring thing is definitely a lie (laughs) because I think if another head coach opening in the NFL comes out next year, which there will be some, I would assume, uh, he will definitely be a hot name. And also this really, I think this hurts Michigan recruiting as well, just because of the fact that, you know, you saw the Dylan Tatum tweet the other day. He said, uh, he's, or it was yesterday, I believe when he was like, yeah, don't negative recruit because it ends up backfiring. I'm assuming he was trash talking Michigan State and saying, "Yeah, don't go there." But that that probably just made Dylan Tatum want to go to Michigan State more. But um, I think this is definitely. Uh, I don't know how this is good for Michigan, just because of the fact that it kind of seemed like he almost burned all his bridges there. Right. Was ready to go to Minnesota, but. Well, and and Chris Bayless, who's pretty connected. Mm-hmm. He he even said a tweet I think yesterday when Harbaugh was flying, getting ready to leave the 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 beep or the uh, the Bo Newhall. He he was like saying his goodbyes and thank yous to people. So something went awry. Like I, I'm I'm curious to find out what happened. I wonder what I happened mean, at the end. I don't I don't really give a fuck. Talk coming. Uh, I just want yes. to take this moment to say uh, thank the Lord that none of our cringy MSU fan accounts are like musically inclined because you know that we would have a shitty song parody of let's get it started in here where it goes and the tuck keeps coming, come in and come in, come in, Ed covered, come in, Ed come in, come in, Ed covered, come in. A lot of accounts trying to find their footing definitely would have. I'm, I'm not ruling it out. Our, that shit would have thrown our, that shit on SoundCloud. Our swanky Wolverine is is somewhere out there. We just have to find him. And we have him. His name is the Gruff Spartan, and he's yep. awesome. And he's Gruff way awesome. better. And he's better than Swanky ever ever right. could be. He's um, created some pretty cool gifts. Yeah, but that that the Thanos Tuck gif is that was is cool. incredible. Gruff, um, open invite to the pod, my man. Let's yeah. let's link. Um, you fuck with the vision. Let's Lincoln build. Um, I'm. I was gonna say this, then then Bielema bro said it, but I'm gonna give him half credit because I was gonna say this. You know, it's just a shame that Harbaugh couldn't couldn't get in there, and the first thing he does is call Shea Patterson and sign him to a deal. You know, he 
he's got to get some, he's got to get Don's family, you know, a little bit more of, of the bread. It's just too bad we couldn't see that. And I'm, I'm really sad that we don't get to see that, um, that tweet from the Vikings that they signed him to the practice squad. Yeah, get him a job oiling uh, Osborne's beard or something. <laughs> oh, where is he going to UMass or something now? UConn. Uh, UConn, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. You could, Same thing. UConn suck up these nuts. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Mind goblin. <laughs> Parker, I'm sick. I've got the mind goblin. <laughs> oh, uh. So, do we want to talk um, good old hoops? Let's talk some shooty hoops. Yeah. One thing. Yeah, go yes, ahead. Sir. My aunt now Teote pulled out of the transfer portal, so yes. we have a we have a high end linebacker come back. Carter knows about pulling out, so he he can speak a little more on this. <laughs> okay, you're on one tonight. <laughs> I I just I just shovel I just shovel this wet heavy snow. Yeah, dude, I was just about to get done and like the lever that I used to like get the auger to go in to throw the snow, like just completely shattered into pieces. Oh no, I had to, I had to hand, I, I had to hand shovel that bitch. You know, how, you know how like some people are like atheists or like don't believe like in the vaccine. Uh, my dad doesn't believe in snowblowers, so we don't have one. We have one, we have one shovel uh, that we pass back and forth between each other. Like it's the world's shittiest baton. <laughs> You're, you're like that South Park where Cartman and Kenny go to that uh, foster home and the only thing they believe in is Dr. Pepper. Yeah, they're agnostic. So, they're agnostic. They're agnostic. So the, they, the only thing your dad believes in is a shovel. Yeah. We will not talk about snow throwing or snow throwers at all in this house. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, good good to see uh, Ma- Mr. G. Uh, Mr. Ma'a. Of- Mr. Ma, mate, Ma, yeah, I can do that. Mr. Ma, <laughs> uh, I'm glad he's back. And um, so we could talk shooty hoops. Do you want to go in order of the, how the games played out, or do you want to talk the Maryland win first? Let's do let's do an order. Um, unless okay. unless we want to go reverse order and do the and do the jubilation versus the. Eh, we'll we'll do we'll do the good first. Um, I mean, they okay. both won. they're both wins, but like, um, we, I mean, we all called it on what Wednesday, last Wednesday, we thought we were going to beat Michigan pretty handily and it was a close game in the first half. You know, we just couldn't pull away and Mr. Diabetes had a hell of a game. Musa Diabate, um, had a hell of a, had a hell of a game and, um, well, he had a hell of a 90% of the game. Yeah. And Mr. Hunter Dickinson, uh, <laughs> my coming out party joke was funny, um, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, he had like tw- I think he had 25 points out of the team 67. We win 83-67. We just come out in the second half and beat the shit out of them. I think we were up 20 at one point, weren't we? Yeah, we were late in the game. Um, I didn't get to see about half of the second half. I had to leave, but. You know, I was really impressed with Max Christie's response because I know we talked about the Illinois game and he only had two points. And it seems like Max Christie has that dud and then he follows it up with a pretty good performance. So, you know, I think the consistency is going to come sooner or later from him. And what's yeah. really funny, what's really funny is he can average 
he can do two points one game and then 14 the next and still win Big Ten freshman of the week. That's the funny part. It's like they'll ignore like the Northwestern game and be like, yeah, he, you know, he won freshman of the week. Fuck it. Um, I was really impressed with our team that day. And um, like we all, they all, most of them just had a decent game and overcame, you know, overcame, let's say down low, they kind of got abused a little bit, especially at the beginning. They were getting worked over by uh, Diabate and, and Dickinson. But I was really impressed with how they just, pretty much stuck to the game plan and we just out talented them. We, we are, we are better than Michigan. It's just that simple. So I'll let you guys talk now. No, I think, I think Saturday is, is a showcase in the best case scenario for, for Michigan state basketball, right. Where, you know, especially in the second half where they don't turn the ball over a ton. They, you know, they're hitting shots. They're taking shots. And they're always making that extra pass looking for the open guy, right? We talked about it last week where, you know, they kind of have these games where they're like an old head's wet dream of like selfless basketball, where like, even if they have an open shot, they're passing off to someone who has a better open shot, right? Like they're doing analytics in real time, uh, like those AWS NFL commercials, right? They're like, my shot probability is like 38%, but if I kick it to Gabe on the wing, his shot probability is 56%. So I'm going to kick it to Gabe. So I think uh, I think Saturday was was the best case scenario. You know, it's just, it's not like Michigan is like, it's not like the Tommy Amaker years where they like have fucking Ant Wright uh, out there playing shooting guard. Uh, they... <laughs> You know, they have some legit, they have some legit NBA level, level talent on that roster. And uh, to be able to kind of take care of them so handedly, I think not only speaks to, speaks to how Izzo kind of coaches day to day, but also speaks to the potential of this team, you know, and, and it, what's makes, and it, and it's what makes performances like last night so frustrating, right, is because we've seen the highs and, it just makes the lows that much worse. Right. Uh, it's kind of why people get addicted to drugs. I think. I'll limit a three of 16 from the three point line and Michigan had come into the game shooting it pretty well. Like they had started off the year. They weren't shooting it very well, kind of started to find their outside shot. And then we kind of put a stop to that in this, in, in this game. And uh, that was kind of the plan I think was to let Dickinson get what he wants inside uh, they they did a really good job in the paint, but then they just couldn't shoot at all. So I think that had something to do with it and pretty good game plan. I also really didn't like Juwan Howard's post-game uh, press conference. I think it was, like, really arrogant. I mean, I know that's their thing is acting like, you know, losing to Michigan State is just a statistical impossibility because they're always just so much better. But, you know, I, I hated specifically the line about about – uh, how Bingham defended Dickinson and then Juwan Howard just said how many points did he have 25 oh okay and that was it like that's childish so you know I I also you know I missed a lot of the second half as well because I was working I missed it um but that yeah it's it's always good and I think that Michigan was playing really well before they came in so I was thinking okay it's definitely possible that they uh, could give us a game and they did for a while, but yeah. they pulled away in the second half. They just didn't have the 
the offensive firepower to keep up with Michigan State. This That was one of Michigan State's best offensive games of the year. They were hitting from everywhere. I also like the uh, trash talk between Max Christie and Musa uh, Diabate. And uh, Eli Brooks, I think, was also involved. So I like that he I like that he was kind of was kind of going at them. And I think Izzo actually said he liked it too. So yeah. Uh why are you talking shit? You're down 15. <laughs> he said scoreboard. I like it. Fucking king shit. That's all you need to say. Um look up there. You're down then, 15. That's what he said. Had, then we had a little more difficult game uh last night. Lucas, you're overshadowing the most important, uh, the most important part of Saturday. Oh God, how do how can I forget? Um, our our boy Keon oh, Coleman, yes. the, Keon Keon Coleman, uh, had the first player to play at both uh, two AP top ten uh, football and basketball programs since Charlie Ward uh, is a stat that uh, Sarge made up. Sarge MSU uh, pulled out of his ass and. The MSU athletic program, MSU athletics ran with it, so that was pretty funny. Uh, MSU Twitter remains undefeated. Mm-hmm. Source, I made it up. Yeah, source, trust me, bro. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was it was cool to see Keon uh, get in the game and not only get in the game but score a bucket. You know, uh, Justin brought this up in a, in a, in the recruiting space earlier this week. Uh, it just it. It's a big thing for recruiting because it shows that Tuck is willing to keep his promises, right? Tuck could have definitely, you know, Tuck recruit Tuck and Izzo recruited Keon on the fact that if you come here, you'll be able to play both sports, right? They didn't guarantee him time, they didn't guarantee him anything, but they said, but they both said, once your season is over, you can come join us wherever we're at, and we'll and we'll welcome you, right? Yeah. And Tuck could have said. And Tuck could have sat Keon and Malik down and said, no, like, like it's going to hurt your guys' development. You guys aren't doing it. Or he could have, and we could have talked to Izzo and Izzo could have pushed him out. Right. But no, he, he let Keon and he's letting Keon and Malik stay on the team. And, you know, if they stay, if they leave, it'll be on their own volition because obviously Tuck, and Izzo both want them there. They had a trial period. They're both still there. So that means they they contribute something to the team, whether that's intensity in practice or um, you know, some kind of, you know, some kind of glue, right, for the team. That uh that definitely provides uh that definitely provides the team something to talk about. Uh so yeah, um Malik, Malik and Keon not only being on the team but getting in the game is going to be a massive broom for recruiting. Um, and yeah. also, yeah, so I'm 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 excited for Keon. I'm happy for him. Uh, as Brett said, as soon as he got the ball, everyone knew he was going to go to the bucket. Is and he just fucking he he sunned he sunned Musa Diabate on the way up. That's the funniest <laughs> part. It's not like he like it's not like he did it against Jace or like or one of like the or like one of the five nine white guys they have on the bench. Right. He did this. Star. He Hunter Dickinson had to watch had to watch had to watch a guy who six weeks ago was catching balls in the peach who was catching footballs in the peach bowl walk out of the court and just fucking drive to the lane and sun. And son his teammates on the way up to the basket in a blow up. 
That was awesome. Him going one on five, just he's like, I don't care if I'm supposed to be dribbling this out. I'm breaking this press and getting myself a bucket. It is Keon Coleman time, the most famous quote from Keon Coleman. I love it. It was so funny to me. And I, I loved when I was at the Maryland uh, football game with Brett. He and I sat next to each other. And uh, every time Keon was on the field, he just kept screaming his name over and over again. And then I think he finally had a catch in that game. And I was just so happy for Brett. But like, then when, when I heard, when I was listening to the game, uh, yes, on Saturday, I heard Keon Coleman's name. And I'm like, man, somewhere Brett is like having to change his, his, his genes. Like, probably just the Vince McMahon feigning gif. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Um, yeah. So shout out Keon Coleman. Maybe we'll, uh, put a hashtag with his name or even just mention his name in our tweet about the pod. He'll probably like it. So we can get him on the pod. We can make it happen. We don't have to talk good. about SID, but you know, um, so do we want to break here and then, uh, talk the Maryland game? Yeah, we can take a quick break and okay. talk Maryland and this and the Super Bowl. The upcoming Super Bowl. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Maryland. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk the the lovely game in College Park last last night. Yeah, last night. Yep. Um, a hell of a day for me last night or yesterday. Um. Michigan State uh, I, I escapes Maryland. That's that you have to put it that way. It was definitely an escape. 65-63. We were tied at 25 with about what five-ish minutes left in the half. And then went on a cup, went on a hell of a run, hit a couple three-pointers. Joey Hauser was again, I think we need to talk about him a little a little more. Um Joey Hauser was pretty clutch when it mattered. And um, you know. We need to talk about Malik Hall too when the time comes. And you know, we we escape it. We were up, I think, 15, 15, right? Yeah, we got up to 15. Yeah. And then Maryland just chipped away a little bit. It was, you know, down to 12, then 10, then eight, then eight, then six. And then eventually we were tied at 61 and 63. Um, you know, we got I think Jaden Akins didn't he didn't he steal the ball? He did. He did. And that led to the final possession where Malik Hall gets a pretty good, pretty much wide open look at the rim for a layup. Um, 1.9 seconds left. Maryland heaves a half quarter. They shouldn't have tried it. Only Cassius Winston can do that. Um, <laughs> and uh, we escaped the game. Uh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch it live. I watched pretty much the entire game on YouTube. But you know, I, I want you guys to like talk about it since I'm sure you guys watched it, especially since I didn't. All right, look, I know Michigan's our rival and we have different spats with different teams like Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, those types of guys. I don't think I despise any team in the Big Ten now more than Maryland. And I think last game solidified that. Listen, I don't know. You know, I know you guys are big like NBA guys, but everybody likes to shit talk Trey Young and talk about how oh he doesn't actually play basketball. He just flops for fouls. Except Which for Trey Young. Stupid, has by the way. I like Trey Young. So many other so many other tools in his arsenal that he plays with doesn't need to shoot a bunch of free throws. Maryland actually plays basketball that way. I hate, I do not ever blame officiating. I think that there are so many other reasons, but Maryland definitely 
doesn't they're a terrible basketball team that uses officiating to their advantage. They aren't a good team. They can't shoot. They aren't that good in the paint. The only reason that they're good in the paint is because of the fact that the refs will call a minimal little foul. I mean, Marble fouled out. Bingham had four. Sissoko had four. And I don't know how many were actually truly fouls. I'm going to be honest. And this all also culminates to Eric Ayala. That dude shot four of 15 from the floor. He had 15 points on 15 shots. He just chucked a bunch of garbage because he's not good at basketball. He can't shoot. The only thing that he does to get points is go to the free throw line and throw his body into his defender so he can go to the free throw line. And it's just obnoxious. He needs a job. All Maryland needs jobs. I'm so glad for Malik Hall because otherwise we would have lost to that team again, and I would have got really annoyed because they are – a awful basketball product that no one should ever have to be subjected to watch. Yeah. I, you know, the, the fuck time has no chance, whatever, but yeah, I, I, I made a tweet yesterday uh, where it was that face of unemployment guy. Yeah. And uh, Eric Ayala, if you didn't have big 10 officiating, I forget who Big brings time. it up, but someone, but someone in MSU Twitter brings it up all the time. Where I don't know, I think this might actually be you, Carter. Uh, where uh, MSU, or it's either you or John Kirby. I don't know how I get the two of you confused. But <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, where uh, where they where they have a theory that the the Big Ten struggles to. Uh, struggles in the tournament so mightily because it's officiated so differently from league play. It's almost like two different sports. Yeah, that's probably Kirby. So, you know, where, where in the Big Ten, like you basically, if you even come close to someone, you know, it's, it's two shots where, you know, in other leagues, like the Big 12, like I watched that, um, I watched the Texas, Texas Tech game after after our game and you know one that place was rocking holy shit i have never the i thought the breslin was loud last saturday i've never heard the breslin as loud as i heard that arena in lubbock last night that place was fucking bumping man what a place for chris beard to go into you know he's familiar with it but he bolted he bolted for texas in the middle of the night (laughs) <laughs> midnight midnight i didn't game. like it all, all i need to see to, to know who's going to win that game was that video from the night before when the uh bus showed up and those texas fans like wanted or the tech fans wanted to like kill chris beard i should have hammered texas tech yeah. line. i woke up and saw the score i'm like oh you could see that fucking coming from a mile away oh yeah those kids were those tech kid those tech players were pumped they were hitting threes they were celebrating they were fucking they were fucking shoulder bumping going into the going into the timeouts. They were fucking that place was buzzing, number one. And number two, I counted there were maybe 15 total fouls in the entire game that were called. Meanwhile, Michigan State has 16 fouls in one half of basketball. It's ridiculous. It's fucking stupid. It it Kevin, something needs to be done. By, by Actually, Kevin. legitimately, this isn't me bitching because I'm a salty MSU fan. Whatever, we still won, but the product is is borderline unwatchable at times. It truly is. 
you know, the refs decide to take over and decide to take over games. They kill momentums. They single-handedly, they single-handedly slow down runs by calling ticky-tack fouls. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's not like they're, and it's not like Michigan state where it, where they're consistently inconsistent, right? They, they're always calling the ticky tackiest bullshit. I mean, it's ridiculous. If you're not, if you're not a hundred, if you're not a 2D line, when you're going up to contest a shot, you're getting called for a foul. I don't get it. I just don't, I don't understand how, how this can go on for so long. I really don't. And like the thing, like the point that I was trying to make is like, this is very true is the big 10 officiating is makes it a borderline unwatchable product. And the thing is, is I don't think any team in the big 10 takes advantage of that more than Maryland does. Oh no, that's not even close. I'm saying 100%. The only team I could think of that comes close is, is Wisconsin. Yeah. Maryland and Wisconsin are definitely one too. It's just embarrassing. It is. And, and you know, it's not like, and it's not like MSU played a perfect game and was still held back by officiating last night. That's not, I don't think that's what either of us are saying. No, No, definitely not. I mean, Michigan state could shoot for like six minutes of that game. They couldn't get anything set up on offense. And, and, you know, DK, DK brought it up again last night when I asked him about it and, you know, Trans, being a transfer point guard is tough, right? Because you have to learn a whole new system. And when it, when it's a system as complicated as Michigan State's, your learning curve is higher than a program than a program where it's like, okay, we run some simple pick and rolls, but otherwise it's just kind of take what you get, right? Take what the defense gives you. Uh, Tyson Walker uh, has has the has the fear of shooting like the grizzled old veteran in like a war movie. Who's like, so like shaken up by war, who's so shell shocked by, by his, by conflict that he like, that he, his finger shakes every time he pulls the trigger. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get why Tyson Walker won't shoot the ball there. Maryland was slumping off 15 feet. They, they gave him all day to shoot threes, and he wouldn't take it. He, he the, took one in the beginning of the game, and I, in my head, I'm like, why didn't he just keep doing that? Because they clearly they were going to live and die with him shooting the ball. Maryland and he can that. shoot. Yeah. I don't see the issue. He can shoot. He can hit outside shots. He can hit the mid-range jumper. I, I don't know. I will, be, I will give him the benefit of the doubt this game, though. A lot of guys were doing that. Gabe was doing it. Malik Hall was doing it a couple times. Max Christie. A lot of those guys were passing up open shots and they were opting for more difficult shots. And you don't usually see that. And that's also part of why I think that Maryland was able to cut into that lead. So that has to be something that gets situated because we are going to Rutgers on Saturday and that is not an easy environment to play in. They're a tough team and it's going to, and that's going to be that game's not easy by any stretch. No, absolutely not. So, uh, you know, we go into the rack Saturday and and we just gotta we gotta be better. We gotta have we gotta have a jackal game. We can't have a hide game. Gotta rebound better too. Yeah, that too. That's been a massive that's been a that's been a scary trend over the last few games I've noticed is is Michigan is just lazy rebounding. They're and, not sticking around on the they're not sticking around on the offensive boards. They're nobody's crashing the offensive boards. 
they're lazy on the defensive boards and it's creating all these second and third chances for the opposing team that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Yep. And, and I do want to say, I'm excited to see what Malik Hall has become. Um, I think that's going to be a huge, huge bonus for us in the future. Like earlier, it reminded me of what rocket might've become after, you know, when the 2020 season was ending, you know, before COVID hit, like he was kind of starting to, to find his groove in the offense and gain the trust of the veterans. And then obviously COVID hit and, you know, everything kind of went to shit the next year, but um, I'm really impressed with Malik. And, you know, we all kind of were giving him a hard time. Like, you know, he had that Seton Hall game and that's all he's been doing ever since is thinking about that game. But um, I'm legit impressed with him and I'm excited to see him keep doing this, like give him more minutes, like keep, keep playing him what Izzo has and it's paying off dividends because for a while we were, you know, criticizing him after I think the Northwestern game, like he did, he barely played and people were, you know, obviously calling for Izzo's head in that situation. And I think Izzo kind of listened to himself saying, you know, maybe I should play this guy more. Just my thought. I, I just want to touch on Malik Hall real quick. I like how I like how he's been playing uh, recently, and I also like how uh, Joey Hauser has been playing over the last really the last couple of months. I think since the Minnesota game in the barn, he has played pretty flaw free basketball. I mean, yeah. he's starting to knock down those jumpers. He looks like he's way more confident on the court. I think the the buzzer beater against Minnesota is actually what probably boosted that confidence for him because ever since then he's just been shooting the lights out both Minnesota games he was really really good I think that that's important like that we have both Hauser and Hall at that four position Uh, that's pretty clearly our strongest position Uh, either one of those guys starting or coming off the bench I think that that you know there's that's a positive there Uh, and and in a case like last night when both the bigs uh, all the bigs actually being a marble and Sissoko were all in some serious foul trouble that they could go to that small ball lineup with Hall and Hauser together that ended up kind of working out. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the, the big, the rotational play at five has, has gotten to the point where uh, it has gotten to the point where if Marcus is in foul trouble or he needs, he needs a blow, it just go small. I, I really don't care because Madi Madi, I don't know what went on with Madi's development, but it's like he stagnated in February 2021. And uh, Julius, Julius regressed, man. Like Julius, Julius got lost on the world's slowest PNR last night. And the only reason the guy didn't, the guy didn't grab it in the circle and flush it is because the ball wasn't passed to him. It, it was ridiculous. I, so I'm not sure like who, who on the staff is responsible for, for the bigs, but they need to, they need to get their head out of their asses and figure something out. Because if you're not, if, if you're not going to ramp up Marky to play 32 minutes in March, then, then asking Julius Marble or Madi Sissoko to fill in and do the stuff and do eight, st- 40% of what Marcus does 
is, is a losing it proposition. Is. I mean, Marcus Bingham goes out of the game and the defense just looks completely lost. And they don't get paint touches when he's not in the game either. So, yeah. Yeah, we need him to be able to play a lot of minutes going forward. And it, and it affects the rest of the defense because, yeah, you know, fat, when Fats Russell hit that game time three, Marble or uh, who was on – who was on the guy in the paint? Was that Marble or was it Malik? I think it was Malik Hall at that point. Yeah, it was Malik Hall, right? On um, De'Eric Scott, I think it was. Or Eric yeah. something Scott. De'Eric, Dante De'Eric, Scott, yeah. Dante Scott, right. Tyson Tyson goes to help and leaves Fat Russell's 25 feet. Well, unlike Tyson Walker, Fats Russell isn't afraid to shoot the fucking ball. So he shoots the ball and ties the game up. Yeah. Absolutely. So you just gave up, you gave up two, you know, you stopped the two, but you gave up a three. And if Marcus was in the game, I guarantee you Tyson would have stayed on Fat Russell. And maybe, and maybe Dante Scott gets around Marcus and scores. Maybe he draws the foul and fouls Marcus out. But yeah. Fats Russell isn't wide open for a fucking three if Marcus Bingham is, is defending down low. Versus Malik Hall, who's a great defender. This is taking away nothing from Malik Hall. Malik Hall no. has Malik Hall and Joey Hauser have been the unsung heroes of this stretch of basketball. Truly, I truly believe they are. Um, I'm ready to eat all the crow in the fucking world on Joey Hauser. I think he's Same. really settled in. He's really settled into his role, and he's you know once he was like, okay, I. Like I fuck it, I can't be the I can't be the guy I was hyped up to be. So I'm just gonna be me. I think he's really, really played. He's played very, very well. And I'm I'm very you know I'm 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 eating I'm eating all the crow. I'm eating all the crow I can. Yep. Right there and, and Malik Hall, I think, is finally starting to to live up to a little bit of his potential in, in the last few games. You know he he. <laughs> You know, when he drives the lane, it looks like Kenneth Walker, the way he just goes with his head down and just cradles the ball up to the net. It's it's graceful and violent all at the same time. Right. So, you know, having those two guys there is a massive boon to, is a massive boon to a squad that, you know, is is as Izzo says it consistently inconsistent. You know. All year we talked about needing a leader and it's become Malik Hall. He's mm-hmm. been the guy who's gotten buckets down the stretch. He did it against Illinois, even though they didn't win. But and then he did it against Maryland. He put he he he's he's realized that somebody has to take over in those last minutes of the game when it's close. And he's like, yeah, it's gonna be me. And that's I think that I think that Michigan State's better for it because he can shoot it from outside. He's one of our better shooters. He can put it on the floor and take it to the basket and draw fouls. And he can shoot free throws and he can rebound. So. I, uh, you know, I saw Brendan Quinn tweet. It was like uh, Malik Hall is, is kind of starting to separate himself as Michigan State's best player, and he might not be wrong. I'm... No, absolutely not. And I agree, hundred percent. So you know, we got we got Rutgers, we got Buckers at the rack on Saturday. We'll probably be favored. I would imagine yeah. we would be. Yeah, we're favored, but that's you know they're a tough out. They they play hard. They love. They love their coach. They're they're pretty experienced. Uh, they also have a uh, they also have an Indeed.com candidate on their team and uh, <laughs> Ron and Harper. Harper. 
Ron Harper Jr. Yeah, Bill McConnell's been there for Gio a while. Geo Baker's too. still fucking there too. Yeah, he's still there. Too. Oh my god, Geo Baker might win the Indeed.com. It's him, <laughs> him and Brad Davidson. Him, Brad Davidson, and Eric Ayala are the three finalists uh, for the Indeed.com award. I think Brad Davidson's the the runaway winner. Is this a Big Ten award because Jalen Coleman lands? Uh, at Kansas, signed his national letter of intent in September of 2014. What the fuck? How is that even allowed? When he was like a sophomore or like a freshman high school or some shit? Motherf- I don't know, man. Motherfucker should have a mortgage by now. What the fuck? <laughs> He's 25. Uh, motherfucker's living at a dorm at 25 years old? <laughs> some people go know. to college for seven years. <laughs> yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> uh so an interesting thing though Rutgers lost to Northwestern last night in overtime Rutgers was down 18 points at half uh made us they stormed they stormed Northwestern they made a big comeback um they lost by 1.7970 I just thought that was interesting that they lost that game because you know throwing stones at glass houses losing Northwestern yeah we you know handshake mean we you know Rutgers and MSU losing to Northwestern um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a close game. You know, I could, I could see us dropping it with just how inconsistent we've been, but like, we have like a great game, a shit game, a great game, a shit game. And maybe this, are, maybe this is a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be, you know, don't, don't shoot the mess. I like coming out with the win. I like coming out with a win in our, in our bad game though. Yeah. Yeah. That always feels good to to play like shit and still win a road game in the big 10, even though Maryland is Maryland is, is, is struggling is bad. They're actively bad. They're a bad team. Yeah. Um, we but won that know, game because we won that game because Cassius was there. Exactly. Uh, Cassius and Kobe, Kobe was there too. <laughs> MSU got the ball back with 24.8 seconds. He was there. So after, I'm just going to look at the next week, you know, just real quick, and then we can talk NFL. We got we're at Butker's, and then we host Wisconsin on Tuesday night, which the Breslin should be packed. That's scary. For for that. That's scary. I'm My scary. Girl. Yeah, they they that's going to be loud as shit. Um, and then we host Indiana, who can pull off an upset. You know, they're, they're not a, they're not a terrible team, and. They're they they're doing decent with Mike Woodson. You know, they're they're not winning every game by for sure, but like they're playing tough for him. So I'm that's that's definitely no gimme like we thought it might be. Um so that's just the next week before you know, week, you know, we'll have two games before we record again. So, you know, I think we should win at home against Wisconsin, but you know, going one and one wouldn't be the worst case scenario, right? We can all agree on that. Yeah. Because, you know, Wisconsin's not going to play that poorly again against MSU. And if they do, well, that's awesome. But I, I highly doubt they're going to get beat by double digits again, even though we're at home. Um, so let's talk NFL playoffs. Um, another fucking awesome week of game or day, not weekend. Another really awesome day of games. Um, you know, the the Bengals, man, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, uh, he did it. You know, they the Bengals, man, they they have that they have that momentum. They have the juju going with them. And 
Um, I mean, they, they, they were down 21, three. And I mean, did anyone really think that that, that fourth and goal or that first and goal stop before half would really come back to hurt the chiefs at that point? Did you, did anyone, did you guys think that or no? I thought it was going to be, I thought it would, I thought if anything, it would be huge for a potential Bengals comeback, but I didn't know. Um, I still kind of thought that the chiefs kind of had it in the bag. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really think that was going to be the, I thought the Bengals were going to, were going to make it more competitive. I didn't know they were going to do what they did in that second half. Right. Um, Go ahead, Carter. Sorry. No, I thought that I thought that it wouldn't have meant anything because up until that point, the Bengals defense was not getting any stops. You know, the, the, the chiefs were going down and scoring every single time, but what a, defensive turnaround in the second half for Cincinnati. They completely shut down Patrick Mahomes in that offense, which is one of the hardest things to do. I mean, we saw a really good Bills defense get 42 put up by, by Patrick Mahomes. I think, I, I mean, on paper, I think the, the Bills defense is a lot better than the Bengals defense, but they got, that was impressive. They, they absolutely did a complete heel turn in the second half. They gave Mahomes nothing. Also, Mahomes was, at, was not playing well. Like, I know that – I know, like, usually he can get over, you know, um, teams scheming against him better. But that was just I, – I thought he played some of, like, the most clueless football I think I've ever seen. That one play where he's, like, scrambling around and nearly took the Chiefs out of field goal range. Oh, and he fumbled. Uh, did he fumble that play? Yeah. Oh, uh, they got it back, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, he, he fumbled. Yeah, but it just took him out of field goal range, and it was like – what is he doing? Why is Mahomes of all quarterbacks doing this? This is like something you'd expect like Derek Carr to do. He got he Mahomes got way too happy, way too much happy feet in the second half. Yeah, like, the pass rush, the Bengals pass rush really impressive. They were they were getting to him. They forced him into a couple bad throws. Yeah, they had four they had four sacks for almost 40 yards. Like they and everyone thought it was going to be the opposite. Like the, the Chiefs only got one sack. Like that's and, impressive. And after getting sacked nine times a week before, that's a hell of a response from that offensive line who was getting dumped on the entire week leading up to the game. Yeah, we we all said the Chiefs would win. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, I think you know, I mean, if you you that's, think about it in hindsight, it's like, yeah, they definitely should have because the first half they were playing really, really good ball, and then just yeah. everything just kind of fell apart. You don't expect you don't expect a, a collapse from the Chiefs like that. No, no absolutely not. Um, but you know, I think it, I, the, the quarterbacks in the AFC are the next 15 years of, of AFC football, um, of football in the AFC are going to be so fun, uh, between, <laughs> between Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, uh, Josh, Allen, Josh Allen, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an entry level to an, to an on guy. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, we'll see what happens with the dolphins. Um, yeah, they're, they're looking, the AFC is looking real nice right now. Um, yeah, the NFC is the, uh, your did it star meme right now <laughs> for, for the future, for the next, uh, after the next couple of years. Well, especially the NFC North. I mean, Campbell's Campbell coming, uh, I'm, you know, it, I, I think I'm at the point now, and maybe this is a good transition to the to the NFC Championship game. Oh no! Uh, where it it if Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell can't can't get it done, 
Um, I, I legit, I legitimately will swear off NFL football because I feel like a pussy, like, like bandwagoning another team just because the lions are the lions. Right. But like, I, I just, it, if these guys can't get it, they got me to buy back in. And that's something I thought they wouldn't be able to get me to do. I really thought I was going to be, I was going to be out on them. And I was just going to be, I was just going to like, I was just going to be a passive observer, but now I'm like, but now I'm like watching film of like, now I'm like watching film of Kyle Hamilton and Kayvon Thibodeau. So I don't know what the fuck is going on with me. Um, but it's like, uh, you know, shout out to uh, the Mr. Shout out to Mr. Duncanino. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Duncanino and Silvio Dante. <laughs> it's just and the baby, and the baby, and the baby. Let's go. So, uh, what what's your Matt Stafford rant? So here's uh, my thing. Here's my thing about Matthew Stafford. Right? Is is look like the Rams are are legitimately a good team. I think they probably have a very good chance to win next Sunday. I, I really do. I think I think the Bengals O-line um, is still the Bengals O-line, kind of like how Rutgers is Rutgers until further notice. The Bengals O-line is the Bengals O-line until further notice. Um, you know, not only do they have to defend Aaron Donald, they have to defend Von Miller, uh, Brandon Jordan client. Um, you Leonard know, Floyd. Leonard Floyd, all these guys, all these studs. Um, and you know, everyone said, everyone said it last week leading up to the AFC championship game. The Bengals are early. Uh, you I know, right Burroughs, yeah, Burroughs in his second year. Jamar Chase is a rookie. Uh, the O line still needs some depth. They need to replace some pieces. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah, but I, the, the, the Detroit fans who, who like glob <laughs> on to Matthew Stafford. Uh, I'm not saying anyone specific. I'm just saying in, in general, as a whole, on the whole, I'm not really trying to call anybody out or anything like that. I, I'm really not. But on the whole, you guys, fuck you guys. All right. Fuck <laughs> all of you. Fuck all of you. Because, because in the last month, you have you have you have started this victimization narrative with Matt Stafford that is unfathomable to me. Where it, you make it sound like the fucking Ford family dug a hole at the 50-yard line at Ford Field and threw Stafford down it and made him put look and made him put lotion on his skin. <laughs> what the fuck? He had Calvin fucking Johnson for the first eight years of his fucking career. He had the number two defense, the number two defense in the NFL in 2014. 
that and Lions team was legitimately top That 2014 four. Lions team was it. And they yeah. weren't it because of because Stafford made dumb mistake after dumb mistake in that wild card game against the Cowboys. Everyone likes to point to the picked up flag. And yeah, the flag, the picked up flag was was bad, but god damn it, if you have to rely on the refs to not be stupid, then you don't deserve to win because refs are gonna be fucking stupid. If we learned anything from all our years of watching Big Ten basketball. Refs are going to do the dumbest fucking thing they can do at all fucking times. So you need to play above the referees. Okay? So stop fucking acting like Matt Stafford wasn't a dud here. He was a fucking dud here. Okay? The team didn't help him out the majority of the time. But let's not act like his butthole clenched against teams with a pulse. God fucking damn it. I'm fucking sick of this shit. No one likes to take any goddamn accountability. It's fucking bullshit. I'm going to buy you one of the Detroit Rams sweaters. <laughs> Those are that, egregious. That I could is, not believe that. That is such... We are the only franchise who does this shit. Realize that, right? It, it, like, it, it's literally the, the Tigers with trading Verlander again. And it, it literally is. like Ver, I'm not guaranteeing a Super Bowl victory, but like Stafford could very well be hoisting Lombardi trophy in a week and a half. And like, and you're going to see, it's literally going to be the tweets that, that came out when Verlander won the world series of the Astros. Doesn't, doesn't it piss, doesn't it piss Detroit fans off that every one of the key pieces of that Detroit Tigers team has won a world series for different teams other than Miguel Cabrera. Doesn't yeah. that piss, shouldn't that piss you off? Yeah. It's Doesn't something that I won't get mad? over. Dave Dombrowski has a fucking World Series championship ring, and it doesn't have an old English D on it. It's two of them. What the fuck is wrong with yep. you people? God fucking damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I I have a thing about Matt Stafford, and, you know, when 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 we when the Rams got him, you know, I was like, okay, you know, this is an upgrade but I wasn't sure how much of an upgrade it would be because I think I said to you guys, like, he's going to go through his growing pains here. You know, he's going to learn this offense. You know, it's not going to be perfect at times. And, you know, they were seven and one looking like world beaters. They dropped three straight, you know, they lost Robert Woods. They signed the problematic Odell Beckham jr. Uh, By the way, had nine catches for 113 yards. Hmm. And, you know, I thought he was the issue. Boy, it might be Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a terrorist. It it might be Baker Mayfield. And I'm not trying to shit on Baker Mayfield. I have no qualms with I him. I am. <laughs> I know. I, I, I just don't have an issue with him. But like, um, so you know, and you know, at times, you know, like that Tennessee game, he threw that horrible pick six, you know, he like scrambled and should have taken the safety, but then Kyler Murray did the same thing in the playoff game. Like that, that shit frustrated me with Stafford. But then like my father-in-law just goes, that's what you get with him. Like you're going to get the moments of brilliance, but you're also going to get a, a kind of a dud or two in a game. And I'm like, you know, if it, if it leads us to a, to a winning season, you know, and some success, I'm going to be fine. But I'm, I, I kind of shit on Stafford for, for a long time. And you know, and obviously I'm biased because he is my quarterback now. 
So, you know, I, I, I am Lucas Gumas, but like, um, I'm, I'm never going to slander this dude again. Like I'm never going to, going to rip on him again for what he's done in this playoff run. And, you know, he, it's just been been more than I could have thought would have happened with him. Did I think the Rams could win the Super Bowl? Yes, but did I think they would be in the Super Bowl? No, I didn't. I thought it was going to be, you know, maybe the Rams go to Lambeau Field or they go to Tampa Bay for a shot at the NFC title game. But like, you know, they what what they did was just impress the hell out of me. And on Sunday, like they were down seventeen seven you know I wasn't happy I was pretty much saying game over like it was doom and gloom and then the leaders just came forward like like Aaron Donald was a man possessed in that fourth quarter he could see the opportunity slipping away like I did last year at Green Bay and said no it's not happening again and I got chills when I saw him going to Jimmy G I was literally like Dan Flash's like like I had, I had a pillow in my hand. I'm just like, Oh my God, here it is. Here it is. And then the pick happened and I like lost my voice. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then he did the ring thing and I'm like, Holy shit. This is, we, I, I feel so good about the Super Bowl. but you know, I'm not going to guarantee a victory because the last time I did didn't go so well. I thought they were locked in 2019 and when I thought that shit was over and then Tom Brady just stole my soul again. So you know, we'll definitely talk it next week. And like SD suggested before, before the, uh, before we started recording is we're going to do like, try to get someone on with us to talk the game. Maybe we're going to try to get a hold of a Bengals fan uh, that he and I know um, one or two of them. Um, and like do some prop bets that we have. I already placed a prop bet that I found pretty interesting. So I will um, reveal that. I'll, I'll tell you guys off here, but I'll reveal it. Uh, during the next week's pod but uh, i know we only have like two and a half minutes left so you guys have anything else about like i'm just happy they beat the 49ers when it really mattered that that's my last takeaway plus kelly stafford is fucking annoying (laughs) also yeah she is oh i I definitely i've always been a i've always been a fan of matthew stafford i feel like he's always kind of gotten bad rap and, and an unfair uh name in the in the media and everything so i'm happy to see him succeed uh, Sean McVay needs to seriously do some inward looking because that was a very, oh. very poorly coached game. That's all. He's, he's in his own head. Yeah. It's not Kyle Shanahan. They had no timeouts with like 10 minutes left. I was like, oh my God, they're screwed. Well, and then and then when Tart dropped that pick, yeah, when he grabbed it, I'm like, break. oh man, this is not good because there's no timeouts left. The 49ers could bleed this clock. It could be game over. But then, you know, stat, that's that's what I like about Stafford is like, he just shook it off and was like, okay, he throws a dart to Beckham who gets a, a penalty for helmet to helmet and they go right down the field inside of the game. Like Goff, I like Goff, but he couldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. And that, that's why you traded for Stafford. So I know we'll talk it next week. So we're going to, that's going to be probably a big chunk of our, of our podcast next week. So you guys have anything else to add? I think we hit on everything. Yeah, we did. All right. So let's cheer on our boys on Saturday. I don't know what time they're they're playing at four, but I don't know what, four. what network is it. Uh, FS one. FS. That's that. That feels like an FS one game. Four o'clock FS one. Yep. Okay. Thank you. That feels like a Fox Sports one game. So I, I figured either that or Fox. Um, 
Fox, Fox ugliest score bug, ugliest score bug oh. in the fucking league right now. It's giant. One. It, it's good for people who have bad vision for sure. Um, all right, so let's cheer on our boys. And then next week we're gonna try to get a Bengals fan on talk Super Bowl. Fellas, go green. Go white. Go white. Eric, I'll get a job.